Hey, welcome to the New Life Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us. New Life is one family, many churches, and we're located in Brisbane, Coolangatta, Moreton Bay, and Rabina. And we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. I'm excited you're joining us because we are in our vision series. And at New Life, Vision Sunday is not about what we're launching, but rather being reminded of who Jesus has called us to be. Over the next two weeks, we will look at what we believe are four key discipleship priorities that are central to what it means to see more people more like Jesus. When this happens, we believe God will usher in renewal in Australia as we outwork his plan and heart for our church. Welcome to Vision Sunday and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, New Life. Cool and Gada, what a joy it is, as always, to be here with each of you every Sunday. If you haven't met me before, uh, my name is David Scambry. I get the absolute joy of being one of the pastors here along with Scott. And what I'm going to do is just pick up uh, right where Scott left us. He having wonderfully conveyed that urgent call we each have to gather the lost. We now turn to the second of those four Gs, our calling to glue into community. And together with the gathering of the lost and the gluing into community, these two callings marry together to craft an incredible vision of what the Christian life really is. You know, in Romans chapter 12, it describes God's everlasting vision for what Christians glued into community with one another might look like. Why don't we read it? It says, for the, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace, God, grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Friends, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn beside those who mourn live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. All right. Did you get all of that? Brilliant. Nice and easy, right? Not a lot. How about we pray real quick? Join, join with me. Lord, 
I thank you that you painted from the earliest days of your church a great and beautiful picture of the kind of of world-changing and distinct community we're called to have. Not that, God, we would be perfect and do all of these things without flaw, but that we would have a model, an ideal, and a vision for what it looks like to be your people gathered. And we might pursue that model and that vision with a fervency only the Holy Spirit can bring. And so right now, this is my prayer, Lord. Holy Spirit, Would you light, would you ignite, would you start a fuse within us, start a fire inside of all of us, that we would get passionate for the kind of world-changing and life-changing Christian communities you've crafted us to be a part of. Jesus, in your beautiful, perfect, and unfailing name we pray, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, when I first became a Christian, there was this uh, question I kept wrestling with, And, and it went something like this, hey, God, why when we're saved... Don't you just zap us up, beam us up, take us to heaven. Why do you keep us here? It's a bit weird. You ever wondered something similar? You ever ever heard someone wonder that of you? I got a helpful answer from someone I asked this to. They said, well, David, listen, man, there would be a lot of missing people in the world, right? And and, and nobody who understands where they went would be around to explain it. I went, that's that's a pretty good point, actually. He said, well, think about it this way. If everyone who ever believed was zapped up the moment they believed, how would you have ever heard the gospel? How could you have ever believed for yourself? In short, who of us would be left to gather the lost? And this idea began to stir in my soul that the the main reason that I'm here on this earth, this side of becoming a Christian, is because there is someone ahead of me God has called me to witness to and to welcome home into his beautiful and loving arms. I am saved. We as a community are saved because God has a beautiful and purposeful mission for our lives ahead of us. It's a cool life we live as Christians, right? I think it's exciting, maybe just me. But you know, as I've grown in faith, what I've come to learn is that the very premise of my previous question was actually wrong. You see, our faith, it was never really about being zapped away or beamed up, right? As though God's mission was that our our sole purpose for being saved is that we would cease to be here and find divine purpose elsewhere, right? Our lives are not the equivalent as Christians of sitting at a bus station, filling and killing time until transport arrives to the real deal. Rather, the call we have has and will always be that his kingdom would come into this very world today in part and in a day to come in full. Do you know that church today? Do you know that the gospel Jesus preached throughout his whole life up to his death, then after his resurrection was this thing called the kingdom of God coming over and over again? It was that that he pointed the world to. And today we get to embody the reality of that kingdom. Friends, our lives, our lives today are called together and still on this earth that we would be a gathered community of Jesus' people and something of being this would renew and bless the world we're in and the people we meet. Friend, I wonder, have you ever noticed the kind of world we're in? You ever noticed the amount of division, confusion, competition, insecurity there is in the world? Have you ever been on the receiving end of it, right? Just go online, post an opinion on literally anything, and you'll see a lot of the division and, and hostility of this world. I don't have to sell the truth right. It's pretty visible, it's pretty obvious that the world around us is not healthy. That the human heart, it gravitates to selfishness, 
defensiveness, insecurity, and rivalry. And I'm not talking about other people, friends. I'm talking about me. It's us, right? And while that's true of all people, the unique reality that we get as a Christian community is not that we, like others, have to hide from this truth. It's not that we live making excuses for this reality or deceive ourselves as though it weren't true. Right? Our great blessing as a Christian people is that we are actually enabled, encouraged, and instructed to face this reality head on, full of hope, armed with the redeeming and miraculous work of the cross and filled with the presence of the living God. What a miracle Christian community is. A shining light to a hurting world that though there is brokenness, the brokenness is not the end. There is an answer. There is a healer. But I wonder, have you ever gotten the sense that this great and beautiful call for Christian gatherings doesn't quite measure up what we experience today to that wonderful master plan God outlined in Scripture? Do you ever feel like something might be lacking, like something is insufficient, as though something had gone missing? What's cool is that we see in the scriptures from the earliest days that the vision God had for the church required us to recognize that our own individual faith, our walks with God, are large parts of what God's plan is to bless the communities around us. Like our faith. How? Well, we all have different gifts, but it's according to the grace given to each of us, right? And if you have a gift of prophesying, Think, friends, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If you have a gift of serving, then serve. If you have a gift to teach, then teach. If you have a gift to encourage, then give encouragement. If you have a gift to give, then give generously. If your gift that God has crafted you with is to lead, then lead diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Or in other words, God's master plan for thriving, light-bringing, world-shaking, Christian communities It's us. It's you and it's me. And it's those few gifts he's blessed us with at work in spite of and in the face of and in the midst of all of our weaknesses and failures. See, if you get the sense, and when all of us get the sense that something's lacking from our church today, then would we turn to the cry of scripture? Because let me tell you what's not lacking. God has not gone missing. His power has not gone astray. His righteousness and his vision have not changed. Right? This is not what could go wrong. The only thing that can go astray are the glued-in people that God designed his church to be made up of. Friends, the call of God for the church, it's not mere attendance. It's not you know, bums on seats. It's not spectators as though Christianity was some sort of sport. And there were a couple of people at the front who were the players, right? God's master plan for his communities was always a people who dared to glue into Christian, Christ-centered community. But what does this look like, right? Like, how do you even respond to this kind of call? It's big, it's profound, it's, it's humongous, but our, our lives are already so full up of stuff, right? We haven't got time to step up to this, what if it's half-baked, might-be spiritual revolution? I mean, we've got kids to raise, Jobs to attend, degrees to get. Some of us have a future spouse we're hoping to woo. We've got fun we've planned to do, you know? We're busy. But I ask this. If you knew for certain, with full confidence, that gluing your life into a Jesus community would bring life and blessing, 
Not only to you as you live with purpose, but even through you, in the midst of your bumblings, life and blessing would pour to people all around you. If I told you that this works, that you will find renewed intimacy with God, you will find deeper connection with his word. There will be the ability to stand up in a world fiercely imploring you to sit down. If you knew all of this for sure, I don't believe there'd be a single excuse of busyness. I don't think fear or uncertainty would ever be big enough to stop any one of us from diving in right, if we knew for sure. So how do we respond? Well, we start by choosing faith. We start by choosing when we don't know for sure that our God is who our God has always promised to be, that the testimonies of the church who have dared to step in, and there are people, many people in this room who do this abundantly well, right? Uh, They're glued into this community. And we hear the testimonies of how this is real for them. We look to the word of God and his promises and we believe them. We believe that this is possible, that God is not finished, that, his, that this is his plan written in his words for our day, for our worlds, that our hands might be a part of what God plans to use to continue the eternal work of the kingdom. We choose faith and then we lean in, we press in. We bring our gifts. We go all in to be a part of the substance of what we're praying these communities would be. We don't passively join church and just watch, hoping something incredible might happen, right? Sitting there with our clipboards, just reviewing all the ways the church might not be living to your ideal, but rather we recognize that deep and incredible call that we're called to pour the ingredients God has made our lives up of, the gifts, the passions, the drive, the hunger, all of this stuff he hand molded us out of. We pour all of that into these gatherings and we do it in Romans 12.2's words, uh, 12.12's words, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We pour all of this into the communities of Christians we're going into, both the organized communities and the organic communities. And you might say, well, where do I find these communities? Welcome to church. Every Sunday we gather as an organized local Christian community. Here at New Life, Kulangata, we worship together. We read scripture together. Afterwards, we fellowship together at our cafe downstairs. What would it look like for our worship if the way we worship was glued into community before God? What would it look like for the way we engage our scriptures if the way we read our Bibles was glued in and invested with one another as a community seeking God? What would it look like as we gathered downstairs at the cafe, as we chased real relationships, hearing real stories, passions, reflections, callings, interests of the, of the people that as we look around, we see in this room right here today? What would it look like Each week, right, we benedict by saying this, that our service continues downstairs because we recognize as a church that that the fellowshipping, the gathering together is a vital part of what it means to be fellowshipping Christian communities here. We don't just come, receive, and leave. We're not leeches, are we? We are a community gathered and invested in one another. That's what it means to be glued. And we don't only do this. I don't know if you know this. We don't only do this Christian community on Sundays. But midweek, we facilitate gatherings in, the li- in living rooms of people in this church all across the coast, from Tweed to Mount Nathan, which is near Narang, apparently. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> These are places for authenticity, places for scripture. 
Places for us to face head on the reality of our selfishness and our pride, our divisiveness and our doubts, our fears and our baggage, not with shame as though we ought to be surprised that any of us come with brokenness, but open and confident, head on, armed with confidence in Christ, filled with the living Holy Spirit of God, surrounded by a loving, grace-filled, caring Christian community. Each week, we gather here on Tuesday mornings as a community of prayers, and we seek the Lord. We stand for each other. We hope for the hurting and for healing, that those who come, the wider church and the suburbs we represent, would be blessed by the good, good hand of God. But finally, I'm not sure if you're aware, but you don't need a New Life logo for it to be a Christian community. What impromptu gatherings has the Holy Spirit put on your heart? Who do you meet with and disciple? Who are you walking through hard times with? Who do you encourage regularly? Who do you pray with regularly? Who have you invited in your home to share a meal with and bless? Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Friends, we have a part to play if we want to see a community of love and good deeds. The scripture says all of us have a part to play in that. Verse 25 says, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see this day approaching. The author of Hebrews, he's not writing down a new command. Don't ever skip church. It's not what he's doing in this moment. But he's imploring from a place deep in his soul by the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit a belief that when we forsake the fellowship, we forsake something of the life and blessing God has called us to experience and rejoice in as his people. And we all know people, right, who have made a habit of skipping community, of non-committal attendance, of choosing to sit in that awful tension where having forsaken the world and declared their allegiance to God, still they strive after the world and stay distant from God. But would 2024 be a breakthrough year for every one of us? Would 2024 be a breakthrough year for us all? What if we took a plunge? What if we risked a little busyness? What if we risked a little vulnerability, a little messiness for the living reality of God-crafted communities in our day and in our age that we might see that us-shaped gap in the communities God has crafted us for, that we might glue in and witness our Christian communities from Sundays to small groups, prayer meetings to impromptu meetings, all shining as counter-cultural beacons to our world, not fueled by some ideal that we have to be perfect to belong, but grounded in the gritty realities of our shared human brokenness and our daily reliance on the cross, not driven by insecure competition, but driven by love and our choice to be full of it for one another, not conceited or self-seeking, but seeking to lift one another up despite anyone's status in the world. Friends, where we carve out spaces to pour out hospitality and generosity, not spaces filled with worldly philosophies or the most recent sociologies, friends, but filled with Jesus, filled with zeal, spiritual hunger, and a true pursuit of intimacy with God. And we envision within these diverse, gritty, yet light-bringing communities a reality where scars are not hidden, but become testimonies of God's healing power. Tears, they're not shameful anymore, but they've become evidence of God's faithfulness. Where vulnerability is not scorned, but celebrated as we witness God move through people and situations laden with hurt and weakness. And we rejoice all the more as in our weakness, God's grace is sufficient. His power made perfect in it all. 
As we glue into these communities, what we find is that it's a place where we don't just share metaphorical pews on a Sunday, but we share our lives throughout every day of the week. We actually embrace the messiness of each other's journeys. As we progress one messy step after the other, closer and closer to being more people, more like Jesus. So how will you glue yourself into a Christian fellowship in 2024? How will you glue into the hope of the world, present in ordinary Christians glued into a community this year? Not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God, filling us collectively as we gather and dare to pour the gifts God has given us into our communities. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. And as we begin to reflect on how God is calling us to glue in, we remember that we can engage with community only because first, our God engaged with us. In the midst of our sin, in the midst of our brokenness and shame, He broke forth with a welcome into holy community with Him. We heard before how being seen by Jesus transformed Nathaniel's life. But do you know, friends, that He sees you today? That that first church, that early community that followed Jesus, each individually seen by the God of creation, loved by Him, right? They witnessed this love on display as Jesus was raised upon a cross. He was suffered and beaten, betrayed and abandoned, hung upon a tree destined for us and yet filled for us, filled for us by Him. That today, by that miracle, we might taste the goodness of God and entrust our lives as a united people, a community of Christ followers in this century, in this day, in this age, into His good hands. Our hope fixed not on our talents, nor on the perfection of those around us, but fixed solely on the sacred moment of which Jesus performed this wonderful miracle, delivering, redeeming that work on that cross, where He poured out His life that you and I and the world we're a community before might be blessed today. Friends, we, I don't even know to say, we need to get excited. We live an exciting life in fellowship with our God. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I just thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for the wonder of who you are. I thank you that you're not done being a Christian, calling us to Christianity, exposing the wonder of your way to a world in desperate need of it. But you have called us to be vital ingredients, every one of us, every one of us. I know we look at ourselves and see only the missing things, only the weaknesses and the brokennesses, only the insufficiencies and the excuses. But God, when you see us, you see us as your people made in your image, called according to your purpose, your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which you prepared beforehand. And so I just pray over us right now. May we get excited by the power of your spirit. The days are coming, even this year, where we will know you more beautifully, live for you more boldly, and the world might be blessed by your presence amongst us as we glue in with one another as your people. Maybe in this room, you just haven't heard this gospel. You just didn't know about a Jesus who loves you so, so much. Who loves you so much that he's called you out of the brokenness of this world and into a life with him. And so all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed just out of respect for you. But if in this room you want to make a decision perhaps today to start a conversation with Christ, maybe for the first time, or maybe coming back after a time away, I just want to give you a chance to raise your hands and just make that clear. 
So if you want to make that decision today, just raise a hand in the air just so that I can see. Start that conversation. Journey with him today. Excellent. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in this room. I thank you that you are doing beautiful things, that we are called to be a community of people that gather the lost and glue into the beautiful richness of Christian community. Keep doing what only you can do, God. We love you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So friends, again, I'm just going to ask a question. And I have accidentally scrolled, but I'm going to ask this question. How will you glue yourself into Christian fellowship in 2024? We're going to pause for a moment to answer that question. We're going to write on those cards one commitment that we can make to glue our lives into this amazing movement, the local Christian church. And perhaps you're not in a small group, so this year you commit to join one. Or maybe your participations on Sundays is is here late and go early and never connect with anyone, so this year you just commit to connecting with people when you come. Or maybe you're present in attendance in various communities, but you've never really invested your God-given, God-crafted call. So this year, you commit to discerning and investing more of yourself. Or maybe you sense an urgency for organic gatherings, open hospitality, and will commit to opening your home or sharing your afternoons. We have so many options as a church for how we might glue into community. And my question is, what is the Holy Spirit calling you to do? Why don't we write this down now? And after just a few moments, we're going to respond in worship together. Thanks again for listening to the New Life podcast. If that stirred something within you and you'd like prayer, or maybe you'd like to join us in the mission of seeing more people more like Jesus, you can contact us through our website, church.nu, or you can reach out through our Instagram or Facebook pages. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.